Welcome everyone to the Neil World Order Podcast. Coming to you late here on a Saturday night, a rainy Saturday night here in Wisconsin. Um, been a long week, uh, even though it was like a short work week, it was still a long week. Um, busy weekend so far. Um, we actually um, did a ton of yard work the last two days between mulching and planting, uh, removing some old mulch, um, doing it yesterday in the uh, evening. We, we worked on our front yard and then today in the rain mulched and my wife and mother-in-law did flowers in the backyard. I was fortunate enough to have my father-in-law pick up the mulch yesterday and then he helped me spread some mulch today. Um, one of those things, I guess, when you own a house and you get it done, you realize how good it looks. Um, you know, my knees seem to disagree. As I don't know, I have terrible knees. Anyone who knows me knows I've had a history of knee issues. So uh, my ass is probably going to be a little sore tomorrow, which is crazy when you think about it. Because, like, the mulch isn't heavy. And it's not, like, hard work. It's just, like, work work, you know. And I think getting your yard all done is, like I said, one of those things as you get older, it just, you feel better. I mean, I think I used the blower on the driveway twice uh, this afternoon. We have this big-ass tree, and it drops, I don't know, these little seedlings or whatever they are. They look like little blossom things. And maybe it's always done it, and I just never noticed because the driveway wasn't freshly sealed and black. But, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're such an eyesore. And I felt like, um, I feel like that those commercials, what is it, um, for the home insurance people that are turning into, like, their parents or whatever. That's how I felt today. Um, but, yeah, we saw Top Gun, uh, Maverick, on Tuesday. Excellent film, uh, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I loved it. I loved the original. I thought, uh, you know, it was... I think it's been a long time since we've had a movie, uh, you know, big like this, very successful, do well, kind of reach everything. There's no woke shit in it uh, that, you know, and it's not a superhero movie. It's not a Marvel movie. It's not, I mean, I guess it's a sequel, but it's not part of some epic store. It's, it's just a good ass movie. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like what summer movies used to be. But uh, if you haven't seen that yet, go see it. it it's pretty amazing. It's not. One of those movies filled with cartoony CGI and all kinds of corny stuff. If you love the first one, you'll love this one. Tom Cruise is uh, still ageless, apparently. Uh, Got to give the guy props, whatever it is in Scientology that keeps the guy looking that young. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, drinking a little whiskey tonight. Uh, some of my hardcore bourbon lovers are going to be uh, disappointed in me. I started with a uh, glass of Buffalo Trace whiskey, which is uh, loved by many. Um, not going to lie, I wasn't a fan. Um, I didn't really like it. I honestly thought it tasted like Jack Daniels, and I'm not a big fan of Jack Daniels. So I went back to my salted watermelon uh, after a glass anyways so yeah we did the yard work took a shower i managed to you know when it's raining you always get shit all over you i just burped twice sorry about that um 
The Hangover was on tonight. Do you realize the first Hangover is 13 years old? Like, that's crazy to me to think that movie was <laughs> released in 2009. I, I love The Hangover. I still laugh at pretty much anything Alan says. Um, I actually sent a video to my daughter of the Mike Tyson scene where he's waiting for him in the hotel playing uh, Phil Collins in the air to the night. But, um, yeah, so they were talking about they're going to take the tiger back, uh, if anyone remembers this scene, to Mike Tyson's house. And out of nowhere, Alan's just like, is Hallie's Comet tonight? And they're like, what? He's like, oh, for some reason I thought it was this weekend or something. But anyway, so I actually looked up when's the next time uh, Hallie's Comet's going to be. And it'll be... Um, I believe it's July 28th, 2061, which I'll be 85. So there's probably a better than average chance that I won't get to see it. Um, but um, I actually remember in 1986, the last time it came, because it comes every 75 years, for those of you who don't know, I don't know, maybe some people don't know, and it's not talked about anymore. I mean, it comes every 75 years. Why would we make, you know, talk about it a lot? But yeah, so I looked that up anyways. Um, I guess now to the actual scripted part of the program. No, uh, oh, one of the things last week I totally forgot to shout out shout out the Upper, Upperman Bees as they won the state championship um, in baseball. Um, really cool. Uh, the one thing I thought was kind of cool, a lot of the parents on the team, uh, or a couple of them at least, were on the last state championship team in 1993, which was the year I graduated. Crazy, that was 29 years ago. Uh, so great job, Upperman, uh, between basketball and baseball. Keep bringing in the titles. I'm sure there's been other things, too, that I maybe had forgot about. Graduation this week uh, for my daughter as well, um, Thursday night. And that's, it's wild to think about it. Um, you know, sometimes in the midst of your life, you don't realize how much time has passed. You know, and then, bam, here we are at one of those milestone events in your life. Um, you know, and maybe we all look at milestones different. Um, you could start with, like, first steps, first words, first day of school. Uh, when you learn to ride a bike, that first home run, basket, or goal. Um, moving on to middle school, high school, getting a license, tw turning 21, etc. Yada, yada, married, kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but years just, they, they fly by. Um, when you become an adult, I feel like, you know, and like I said, sometimes I'm just like, wow, where did all this time go? You know, like, and it's not in a mean, not in a way of like, oh, wow, you know, like wasted year, but just like, holy cow, like, and what hasn't seemed like a large chunk of time, it has been a large chunk of time, you know, and I. I think you realize that not only did your kids get older, uh, but we do too. Um, you know, and being a parent, I mean, it's, I've always felt like it's something you can't really put into words. And I think um, for those of you that maybe in the last couple of years had your first child or whatever, when you're expecting, um, everyone tries to, you know, put parenting into words for you. But um, there simply are no words to really accurately describe what it, what it means to be a parent. 
you know, it's tough and at times it's thankless. You know, and it's supposed to be. It's priceless. Um, and ultimately, it's a gift. And it's some days it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, and some days it's the easiest thing you'll ever do. Um, you know, and we, we probably don't think about that gift part a lot. Um, I, th I think of the things being a parent has given me and what it, what it has helped me become as a person, as a man, father. Um, you know, and I had no experience with kids at all. Uh, some coaching, yeah, but never never around kids. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't particularly like them. But I, I think I figured it out, I think. Um, you know, and when we have kids, you know, we spend so much energy trying to fill the years uh, with life lessons, advice, love, memories, you know, and a lot of times, you know, the thing maybe we don't talk about, behind the scenes, all the worry. Um, you know, and I think that was the one thing no one ever really prepared me for when I became a parent was was the worry. You worry about your kids, you know. From the minute they come into this world, you know, maybe from the minute um, you know there's good, you're expecting a child, like you start to worry. You know, you worry about, uh, am I going to be good at this? Am I going to screw this up? Uh, you know, do I make enough money? Is there enough money? Uh, do we have this? Do we have that? Is everyone going to be okay? What if something goes wrong? You know, the world is insane. Um, you name it. I mean, I could spend the next four hours probably giving you worries and wouldn't even touch the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know, and, and you're always going to worry. You're going to worry, you know, when they're in the womb. You're going to worry when you're on your way out and they're in their 40s, 50s, whatever, like, like you're just going to worry. That's just, it's part of it. I think, you know, you just kind of go with it and don't let it consume you and don't let that worry distract you from the big picture, I guess. But, you know, so with graduation and everything, um, you know, now you kind of begin this whole transition to adulthood where you're, you know, you're still the parent, but, you know, they got to start to find and figure things out for themselves, you know, who they are, what they want to be or what they want to do. And it becomes like, I, I was kind of thinking about it, like what that moment is like, you know, this transition. And it's kind of like when you're teaching them to ride a bike, um, you know, the training wheels are off. They're, they're doing it. They're riding the bike. But you're still holding on to the bike, you know, because you don't want them to fall. You know they're doing it, but you're like, are they doing it? You know, can they do that? If I let go, is, there, you know, is he or she going to get down on the sidewalk and not fall over? Uh, but eventually you let go, and, and they just ride. Or, you know, or maybe they fall. Um, you're still there either way. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of on them. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's crazy because I think, you know, I know for me, it, like when they're babies, we say, ah, oh, I can't wait till they're older. It'll be easier, you know, and in some ways it totally is. I still think babies are very difficult. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, I love babies. and this. Other people's babies are amazing because you can play with them. They're cute. You hold them. You see all the good stuff and then you get to hand it back, you know, um, but, you know, as your kids continue to get older, 
you find yourself at times wanting them to be little again because to some extent things were simpler you know there was there were less things i guess that were in the big pot of life that you're cooking as you're growing as a parent you know and, and as a child is growing um you know and, and me personally i was always worried i wouldn't be a good dad if i'm being truthful um you know i looked at a lot of times in my life i've always been pretty selfish um i'm not patient um and i to i totally suck with details like i don't remember things i'm kind of flighty um you know I, i'm not really a guy with a plan i just kind of do things and whatever happens happens and you know you you probably don't want me to be your pilot but you know, I'm funny, I'm creative, I'm resourceful, hardworking, determined, stubborn as a mule. You know, and I thought about that when I was, you know, putting this episode together. And I was like, you know, and this sounds bad. I don't mean, I love every part of my life. I love my daughter. I love every moment that we've ever had, every moment we're going to have. But like, when I was younger, you know. I don't know, we're going through that period in high school and then we're into college. And, you know, and a lot of people I know paired off pretty pretty quick, pretty early. I mean, I, I believe, I, I you know, I'm friends with people who got married in high school. I can't even fathom that. Like, I, I can't think of any relationship I had in high school where I was like, yeah, you know, I could have been with... I don't know if I could have conversations with a lot of those. And not for any fault of theirs or dislike or whatever. Just, you know, realizing the person I am now versus who I was then. And maybe the same with them that, you know, you look back on them and you're like, I don't know. I feel like relationships in high school for me were like fashion trends, I guess. You just kind of, each season it changed. It was, you know. It, it was never something that was important to me. Like, I, I back then, I never envisioned having my own family. You know, and, and when, when this conversation comes up with people and stuff, like, people look at me really weird when I say that. But, but, but I didn't. You know, that wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't like a life goal. You know, I just kind of ventured through life without a grand life plan, like I said. You know, or personal goals for I guess goals for my personal life um I think I wanted to do things I wanted to see things um I wanted to be happy which is kind of ironic in a way because I think I've I've spent a good portion of my life distracting myself from the fact that maybe I wasn't really happy and I wasn't you know I wasn't dealing with things um you know, but ultimately for for years I did things that I thought made me happy, you know, and that kept me on this plane of happiness at the time. And it involved travel and moving around and, you know, a lot of things that weren't, you know, I was having a good time. I mean, there's probably, I probably have friends that were on their second kid before I even had a relationship that went longer than two years. And that's totally okay. It's just, you know, like I said, how we're all different. Um, so, yeah, anyways, like how I just wandered. It's kind of like I just wandered off the reservation and came back. Um, we had a beautiful night for graduation on Thursday. 
you know, it's the weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot. Tons of people there, obviously. Um, you know, and like I said, it's surreal. You know, because you feel like, to an extent, even though it was 29 years ago, you know, it's like, wow, man, I was just there. You know, and now you're sitting there as a parent, you know, as your kid takes one of the first of many steps through adulthood and it's I don't know I guess it was always one of those things too like at parent teacher conferences for the last I don't know what 13 years the kids been like I always felt like it was the parent chair was never wasn't comfortable comfortable for me in that setting because I was you know obviously I'm immature I'm a goof and, you know, I don't like serious situations, not that my kid was ever in trouble or anything like that. But it was always just like, you know, I felt like I could look around the room like, yeah, these other people, they seem like parents. Me, I'm just some dude. I'm just here, you know. And it's like, and maybe it speaks to my lack of immaturity or maybe it's some mental thing I do where I just don't move forward in a situation that seems serious because, you know, I always... In any serious conversation, my wife will tell you, it gets to a point where I just say something stupid or inappropriate because it's uncomfortable. Like, I can only be serious for so long, you know? And I, I always think of, like, The Dark Knight when the Joker was like, why so serious? You know, regardless of what we're talking about. I mean, it could be life or death issues, or it could just be something that needs to be talked, you know? But I get lost, and I, you know, and I can't do it. But, um, you know, so I was thinking about, you know, while we were sitting there, these past few graduating classes, maybe over the last couple of years, they honestly didn't get the typical high school experience either because of, you know, they just didn't get it because having COVID dropped in their lap, you know, and into their world, I guess. But it was really cool, I think, for me to see uh, the enthusiasm and pride in these kids had last night. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, where I personally ate some crow just in a conversation with myself is I had prepared myself. I was like, okay, these are young people. The speeches are going to be woke. It's going to be just grin and bear it. They're young. They probably have some liberalism in them that they'll outgrow in time. But the speeches were great. Like, I, I was very, very impressed, you know, and I thought they were they made sense, they were relatable, they spoke, you know, I think universally to everyone in the class. You know, it made me think, I was thinking about our, my high school graduate, I can't remember who gave the speeches, let alone what they said. Um, you know, but I probably also couldn't name 20 people from my class. Um, that's just me, details. But, um, yeah, you know, and some of it, it was cool to see. I coached a lot of these girls, um, you know, in my many years of coaching soccer. So to see them all grown up was really cool. Of course, makes me feel old too, you know, but I am old. So, you know, there's that. But, uh, you know, so I guess for all of us parents who are kind of watching and taking those steps with our kids out into the world you know wh whatever it is you know some kids it's college it's trade schools it's uh you know some of them go on these self-exploration things some kids right to work um wherever they may roam you know wh what do we do um 
you know, we watch, we guide, um, we hope the advice and life lessons we've provided and work to instill in them, we hope they take. Um, you know, and unless you've been through this kind of transition before, I, I, I guess you're kind of just going on maybe what you'd wished you'd gotten or what you, maybe you thought you need, you know, you're just trying to do your best because that's really all you can do if you've never done something before. Um, you know, and I think a huge part of that is, is instilling accountability. Um, I'm big on that word. You guys hear me use it all the time. Um, it, it's important to me. I think, you know, even as parents, like we make mistakes as parents. Like, I'm not one of those parents that thought, you know, because I said so. You know, we're not always right. And I think knowing that and understanding that, and most importantly, owning that. When we make mistakes, like, that's being the example you're trying to teach. And and that's, to me, that was important. That, you know, it's not a do as I say, not as I do philosophy that I share, I, fi I find that very hypocritical. That if you say it, you live it, you walk it, because that's truly what an example is. Other than that, it's just words. And I think long term, if you're not, you know, the living gospel of what you're trying to instill in your child, like, what reason are you giving them to follow that advice or follow the path that you're trying to show them if you don't follow it yourself? You know, it would kind of be like being a drunk and telling your kid not to drink. Um, you know, but, but the accountability and owning mistakes is huge. And I don't know if a lot of parents fully embrace that. You know, and I don't know if it's a pride thing, if it's a, they think it blurs the roles. But I, I can honestly think there have been so many times when I've walked up to my kid's room, you know, sat there on the end of the bed and, and been like, you know what? I was wrong, um, you know, and maybe it came within, maybe it was within 30 minutes, maybe it was a couple hours, maybe it was a couple days, maybe it was months, weeks, um, you know, and maybe I'd said something out of emotion or misread a situation, uh, doubted or not believed something, you know, all things that kind of happen as we navigate raising our kids, you know, and I think the difference I honestly wanted to be for my kid was I wanted to admit when it was my bad. Um, you know, and I never, like I said, I never believed just because I was in charge or I was the ultimate authority that I was right. Because I think that's foolish. And I think it's ignorant. You know, and, you know, some of that stems from leadership positions uh, in work and stuff like that. You know, I never wanted to lead that just because I am, you have to do, you know, I think everything has to be mutual. Yeah, sure. At the end of the day, what I say goes, but like, you don't have to, to rule like that. You know, I think relationships, you know, whether you're in charge at work or just like, it's built on, on trust and conversation and, you know, understanding compassion empathy logic um you know and i i can't sit here and say believe it or not you guys are going to hear me say this i don't live in this false reality where i pretend to know everything maybe it seems like that 
you know, or that when I do make a mistake, that it's someone else's fault when I get something wrong or when something goes wrong for me or whatever, you know, and that, you know, and there are people that, that believe they don't have to say they're sorry. Or, or they're wrong, you know, or they'll, they'll convince themselves, you know, a thousand ways to Tuesday that absolutely not, blah, 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 you know, I'm not saying it, I'm not doing it, you know, and some people see that there's a weakness in that, that, that that's what they believe, you know, and I don't think there's weakness in uh, taking accountability, admitting fault or wrong, I, I think it, it, it's strength, that it's... Um, you know, it shows who you are as a person. It promotes growth. You know, and, and it doesn't change the fact that I'm still the parent if I make a mistake. If anything, maybe it makes me more relatable because we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. You know, you can be a good parent and still make mistakes. Critique and mess ups, they don't make you less of a parent. They don't make you less of a person. You know, and, and I think... You know, one of the things I appreciated is, uh, you know, when my daughter would talk about things she she loved or respected about me, it was that I would own my mistakes. You know, that always made the list. And th that was very important to me. Like, it means a lot to me. You know, because some people, some people are afraid to see their mistakes. They have a blind stubbornness that they'll carry with them till their grave. And you know, they lie to themselves. They lie to the world. You know, they place blame everywhere except on themselves, you know, and, and they live their whole lives like that. And I think in life, ultimately, you have to be real about things. Um, you know, and one of those things is, honestly, we're all a work in progress. Like, we're all going through the motions, you know. We all have a plan, and that doesn't mean it's going to go step by step and like a set of instructions, and it's going to work just like that. You know, we, we all mess up. We all have regrets. You know, and, and when you pretend you don't make mistakes, and maybe pretend's not the... When you don't acknowledge that you made mistakes or you don't deal with regrets or, you know, move forward from them, like, your shit will manifest, ultimately, if you don't own it. And I, I think there's a lot of people in this world, for whatever reasons, you know, they just, they don't own their shit, for lack of a better word. Like, it's it's not like an insult, you know, if somebody's like, hey, yeah, you, you probably got that wrong, or hey, you probably should have done this. And, you know, tough conversations aren't always... They don't always need to put other people on the defense. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people can't help but take it that way. And I think that's because of how they see themselves, not exactly what they're hearing from you. You know, and, and you know, the, you know those people, that counter-criticism with criticism. Um, they deflect everything because, you know, they, they can't find it with them, within themselves to accept their own mistakes. And it doesn't mean they think they're perfect. It's, it's just... It's quite the opposite. Um, you know, they. I think they just believe that owning their own fault somehow makes them lesser, or that it, it, it's insulting to have things pointed out that way. And, you know, it's just they'll blame people. 
they'll throw shade all over the place, you know, and they deflect, deflect, deflect. And there's nothing more aggravating or maybe even soul sucking than when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and it's just deflection, deflection, deflect. Like you'd almost just want them to be like, look, just say, hey, I'm not dealing with this. I don't think it's like, like just be real, you know, instead of all this look over here, look over there, look over here, you did this, they did that. Like, that's not what we're talking about. You know, you can't keep them focused on the topic at hand because deflect, deflect, deflect. And the conversations with those people are completely unproductive. They exhaust you. They generally don't have a good effect on your mental well-being and you never get the result you wanted. So it's almost like, why am I doing this, you know? In the end of the day, even though they are, they're lying to you, they can't lie to themselves, you know. So when they see a mirror, they're not going to be able to argue with that. Like what they see is what they see. And I don't know. I just, I, I think about that. And I think it's important as parents to be like, hey, you know, be real. Be like, hey, yeah, I screwed this up. I wish I'd done this. You know, I should have done that. Um, you know, and it's not anyone who's going to judge you is, I, I don't know, I guess I don't worry about judgment. It's one of those things I've never really worried about. Um, I kind of just do things, just do me. Um, I've always been an acquired taste. You either love me or you hate me. There's not many people that are in the middle. I almost broke out into the full uh, Marin Morris song. But yeah, before that whole conversation takes us down like a Dr. Phil Freudian road that never ends, um, it's a never-ending road. We could, um, I guess we'll move a little forward. Um, it's June now, come on, Pride Month, you know, that time of the year where the gay community becomes everything they say they aren't. Um, you know, I mean, they say they're fighting for acceptance, which, which is so ironic when you think of like what... Pro Pride Month has become. It's almost like gay Christmas. Um, every corporation bends over backwards, pun intended, to solicit their money. You know, and, and it's it's also it's like one of those things too where you feel like they need that validation so bad that they don't see that the validation they think they're getting comes with like no integrity. That it's just like, oh hey, here's a rainbow bag of skittles oh look we'll buy that oh here's a rainbow pepsi can oh let's buy pepsi you know and it's it, but you know here they are saying they're these forsaken people you know and they have they'll have their parades and their festivals and, and it, it all t like it doesn't bother me you want to be gay be gay my issue is what do you need to tell everybody for like, does everyone's approval mean that much to you? Like, do you just need attention? Do you, like, you know, they, they're all about, I don't know, the whole thing is just grandiose to me. It's just, it's, it's just not me, you know? And I guess it's not for me. You know, personally, I don't give two fucks if you're gay, you know? But, like... I guess here's my thought is you're giving me an answer to a question I didn't ask, you know, 
you see, I didn't ask if you were gay. I didn't care 20 years ago. I don't care today. And I probably won't care 20 years from now. You know, you can roll around in your rainbow flag watching My Little Pony, listening to Shared to the Village People do a reunion tour. And I still won't care. Cool, do your thing. You know, you're not special. You shit just like everyone else. Well, maybe some of you have looser assholes. But anyways, um, I, I just don't get how you derive pride from something you technically didn't achieve. You didn't earn gay, or you didn't work to be gay. You simply are gay by your terms, you know? Like, being gay doesn't define you any more than being Irish defines the next guy or girl. Yet, you know, they cling to it like it's like it's their only identity. You know, like 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 the, like that's all they have. It's just like this red badge of courage. <clears throat> and it's kind of cliche and it's really boring and it's tired. And that's, you know, I, if it was a I don't know, Irish month or like ethnic pride things bother me. You have no say in it. It's predetermined. It's whatever. You know, it, it, it's dumb. Sure, be happy or whatever you are, but don't walk around like you just got a doctorate. You didn't. You know, I, and I think I speak for millions and millions when I say, cool, you love cock, you munch rug, you think you're a dude or a woman from another dimension or whatever this week's orientation or gender of the week is. It's cool. Do you. But, like, why can't you just, like, live? Like, like that's ultimately what you want. You want your your way to being accepted is to constantly be in people's so, Like, just go about your life. Maybe realize that nobody gives a fuck. You know, it, it's a whole society full of, hey, look at me's. Yeah, we see you. Fuck you. Next. Hug chasers, man. Everywhere. Ch people chasing hugs, wanting love, wanting to be accepted. And it's not the right kind of love, you know. It's not like, like, everyone doesn't love their neighbor. It's totally fine. You don't have to hate your neighbor. And if you do, so what? You can hate them, don't hurt them. Like, your neighbors. I'm not saying go hurt gay people. Do not twist that around. Um. You know, but what if you say like you were gay or trans or, I don't know, seven binary uncle fucker and you just went to work, you bitched about traffic, you watched The Office, or maybe you listened to Florida Georgia Line, drank some White Claw, and didn't make a big production of it. Honestly, I, I think that's doable. I know listening to the Florida Georgia Line could be tough, but, you know, is it really any different than some share or I don't know ABBA or whatever it is I don't know techno shit they probably would who cares um you know and every I just everyone else doesn't run around saying woohoo I fuck bitches or I love steak I think unicorns kick ass I'm a trekkie yada yada like like for real and I feel like I'm only saying what a lot of you are thinking. Um, and if you aren't thinking it, you're you're probably listening to the wrong podcast or maybe the sound of my voice just haunts you and you need to hear it as you wallow in your miserable self-existence. But I don't know. I digress. <sighs> but yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that because you just see the logos and I'm like, 
it's like from the people that like you know because most of them 99% of them are probably lefties they hate capitalism but yet they they take this big hug from capitalism every June when they're like hey look at us we like you we'll take your money and that's ultimately what it's all about is money nobody cares and you know the whole thing with how it was all gay and now it seems like everything's the trans conversation and grooming children and all that like that's a whole other step to some dark shit that these people ultimately want and when they get it they're going to cast the gays and trans people to the side and it's going to be the sick world that a lot of these you know deep state people really want but I'll save that for another episode Um, I'm about out of whiskey and about out of energy so I think what we're going to do here is um we're going to call it a show. I actually am through the scripted program. Um, that's all I got tonight. Uh, check out the merch shop. Hit us up on social media. Um, tell me about how filthy your mother is. All that good stuff. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And uh, tune in next week. Peace.